Welcome back to the Young Woman Podcast. This is a podcast for ambitious young women to be inspired, empowered, and equipped with the personal development tools and game-changing career advice to unlock inner confidence and achieve those big dreams. would be to just follow your instinct and back yourself because I'm a true believer that if you don't back yourself no one will welcome back I am your host Elise O'Halloran and today I am so excited to be joined by Danielle Snell Danielle is a leading litigation lawyer who, after 15 years in private practice, has established her own law firm, Elit Lawyers by McGurr and Snell. Danielle co-founded the firm in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic and while seven months pregnant. Danielle is passionate about challenging the status quo and promoting diversity, inclusion and equality in the work that she does and particularly in the legal sector. Danielle is a mother, wife, friend, professional, and entrepreneur who has an incredibly inspiring story to to share on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, Danielle, and I've got a special guest that's on your knee with you. I've got Leo Snell, um, and he's absolutely beautiful. So thank you both for joining us. And it's um, really awesome to have you both here and to see you in action, both as a mom and as an amazing businesswoman and lawyer. Now, you're the co-founder of Elite Law, which is a dynamic law firm. Could you take us through your career journey and what has led you to this point? Absolutely. Thanks, Elise, for having us today. This is yeah, Leonardo's first appearance on a podcast. He's 16 weeks old. <laughs> um, I am a commercial litigator um, and I have worked in private practice for the last 15 odd years. Um, and I have worked at a number of firms, um, mid-sized firms, including um, top-tier, large-sized firms. Um, and I um, found myself, as lots of us did during COVID, um, you know, running multi-million-dollar litigation out of the confines of my dining room. Um, and we all had to adapt quite quickly and innovate and work in a sort of more fast-paced manner than ever before um, we had I had witnesses and barristers and clients and um, documents and you know in all different um, parts of uh, the country and um, obviously all the documents were were being um, streamed electronically and we were running hearings electronically and I found myself in the middle of COVID just loving it. And I thought, well, why am I loving it so much when I'm locked in stage four restrictions? And I realised that it was because I was, for the first time in my career journey, I was operating with full autonomy in, in a manner that I wanted to operate in and also that um, that aligned most with my own values. And I was drawing closer to my clients than ever before as well, which is, again, so strange because you would think that you would draw close to your clients when you could see them physically in person but um, having this ability to work virtually and um, you know be you know on on 
core, we, were, we, we had deep flexibility because we were obviously with our families and I had quite a lot of support with my, uh, I was heavily pregnant at the time, Leo wasn't here, <laughs> uh, but I had support with my first child. Um, it was just, it just worked and um, I, I, was, I was loving it and I thought, well, you know what, I could actually do this um, and create my own firm and really um, and really develop a practice whereby we continue to seize the opportunity of you know the unexpected freedoms of COVID and have this deep level of flexibility whilst at the same time being able to take on cases the, the type of cases that I chose to take on and deal with my clients in in the way that I chose to deal with them um, which is in an authentic and empathetic manner and so I did and so I decided so I was I was actually pregnant at the time obviously with Leah that I decided to start the firm but when I actually launched the firm, I, I partnered with an old colleague of mine. He was my first ever mentor in law. So when I was an article clerk at the time, um, and when we founded Elite Lawyers, I was seven months pregnant. <laughs> and so, yeah, a couple of months later, oh, there goes a little cough from Leo. <laughs> um, um, a couple of months later, I gave birth to Leo and um, my partner assisted with you know, those initial stages. And then sort of six weeks later, I was back at it. And here I am. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. It's so inspiring to hear that and to see now little Leo here experiencing it all with you as well. It's, it's really great. <laughs> and what was your motivation to create a law firm that challenged the traditional firm models? What I've looked at on your website and seen is that you are really challenging the way that things are sometimes done in these traditional law firms. So what motivated you to want to change the game? Absolutely. Yes. So obviously when COVID did hit, one thing that struck me quite vividly was that there were, there were practitioners and lawyers that were able to adapt really quickly and there were other lawyers that were not able to adapt at all and they really struggled. Um, and I wanted to um, create, and I thought having worked in sort of quite large private practice firms, I was still quite surprised with, I guess, what I would say to be lack of innovation in the sense of, you know, still quite a bit backward when it comes to technology and document management. Um, a lot of practitioners that were still using links, like share OneDrive links and so forth to provide documents to their clients, um, which would mean that if you're dealing with it, big litigation case you'd have lots of different like links of documents all over the place and then when your client would say oh could I have such and such document you'd have to go back and find that particular email that you sent and it was just all quite time consuming and I thought um not really putting the client at the in at the center of the journey so as lawyers, we're obviously always trained to think about the outcome. Well, particularly as a litigator, we want to win the case. We want to think, I've, I've always been trained to think about the strategy, think about the stakeholders in the litigation and think about how I can achieve that outcome for the client. But we're looking at the end game and we're not necessarily thinking about that journey for the client. Um, and I wanted to make it a more friendly journey for the client. I wanted the client to feel like they're part of the journey with the lawyer rather than this uh, perception that the lawyer is somehow above 
above them and and is potentially not always contactable um, and that they would need to call their lawyer and wait for their lawyer to come back to them with certain documents. I wanted to create a model whereby, particularly for sophisticated clients that are tech savvy, they would be able to access their documents at any time of the day. They didn't have to wait on the, you know, communication from a lawyer that might be held up on another case in court or whatever it be. Um, and that they would have 24 access to their file because the reality is, is that they own their file themselves. They they pay for that file. So um, in addition to things, transparency for things such as legal costs, you know, I think I truly believe that uh, clients should always know what with is and what their legal costs are on files not they shouldn't just have to wait to receive the bill they should have the ability to access that sort of information um but so that was i guess from the the technology and um, transparency point of view a client-centric service but the other thing that i wanted to that was a great motivation was again COVID inspired which was that great deep sense of flexibility that as um, as women and, 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 and as a mother, um, but also I think uh, men also um, uh, found a great sense of fulfilment during COVID because they were socialised in the home, they were working from home and they were socialised and they could see what, you know, firsthand what was going on in the home every day. And I think that they drew closer to, you know, from males that I've spoken to have said that they but quite thoroughly enjoyed it. It was hard, don't get me wrong. But quite... And so I wanted to create this model where, well, maybe what is the con- is the concept of nine to five going to exist go- thus going forward um, after the COVID um, pandemic? Um, does, do we all need to be? Because a number of my clients also don't necessarily um, want to communicate uh, within certain time you know the work the normal nine to five and so um women that have and men that are now working for my company we all have you know a great sense of freedom in the sense that well when there's a deadline there's a deadline but we're all sort of working in <laughs> Leo decides that he'd like to say something here too would you like to concur what your mummy's saying Leo <laughs> yeah <laughs> he says he agrees yeah um and so yes that that, that great level of flexibility um was also a, a motivating factor um and um i'm really proud that yeah that our staff today they are able to fulfill other parts of their life like they're not just lawyers they're friends their their daughters their sons their um you know their their surfers their lifeguards their and i just think that the more fulfilled you are as a person and the more um you have going on in your life then you know the the more efficient you'll be in your practicing the law <laughs> um it's you know gone are the days in that traditional model where you know um, I remember lawyers that just did not come out of their office and the door was shut and they were just, you know, in their office typing away all day. And, you know, depending on what sort of personality, you know, maybe a more introverted person want, wanted it that way, which is which is fine. But I do think that, um, 
yeah people these days are looking for far much more far more flexibility and they're also wanting to um have a more balanced life Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I think we are we're at a really interesting point where that whole nine to five and even the way traditionally things have been done without technology it's really being challenged and there's quite you know there's quite a gap at the moment because there's still that way that things are being done but then there's also people like yourself who are changing that and really changing the game and so it's amazing and I think it's definitely the way of the future so it's um so cool to see someone like yourself who's actually just going out there and making it happen and so the legal industry has traditionally not been the most gender diverse and inclusive industry so what has your experience been with this and why is it so important for you to create a progressive workplace so in terms of in terms of the um, legal industry and sort of gender diversity, I think that the statistics show that there are in fact more women practicing the law than there are men. So yay, they're, they're, I, I, I love that. Um, but what we do see is obviously that there are not as many women in senior positions, um, and I think obviously um, one of the major reasons for that is because women need to take time or not maybe needs not the right word but may choose to take time out of the workforce to 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 have children um and and that can often be one of the reasons I've seen some absolutely outstanding female lawyers over the years that have worked so hard to build practices and then have left for an interim period to go off and have a baby only to find that their practices have been reallocated or um, their clients have you know been reallocated etc and um, and I think that was one I didn't mention it before that was also a motivating factor for myself Um, so I was talking to part about partnerships with the um, national firm that I was working at um, and they had they had offered to, to to promote me to partner, but I was in this. Uh, oh, Leah goes. <laughs> okay, Molly. I was in this um, predicament whereby, um, if I was going to go off and have my baby, I knew that I would have to return to the national law firm pretty quickly. But the thing is, Elise, is that I knew that if I founded my own firm, I would need to return pretty quickly as well. But the way that I saw it, and not everyone may share my view, but the way that I saw it was that if I was going to have to return quite quickly after having this beautiful baby that I'm holding in my hand, um, that I would, I was prepared to do it if I was doing it for my own business and based on, as I say, coming back to based on values um, and aligning with values that represented who I who I am as a person and the law practice that I wish to run. And so um, when I was faced with those two options, I chose, you know, I chose to found my own firm. Um, And so I I do think that, um, I do think that it's really important, obviously, I'm quite passionate about, you know, um, D&I issues and I, I think it's really important to encourage in particular women that choose, that there are women out there that will choose to want to have some time away from the workforce and that is absolutely amazing. I mean, I took a year off to have my first child um, and there's no harder job than, <laughs> in my opinion, than being a mother. But for those women that 
do, do not want to take a substantial amount of time off and they want to stay involved, they want to stay connected, they want to um, continue to be educated and all of those things, then I want there to be more opportunities out there for them to, to do so. And I think it's really important that that's why I think it's super important that we really embrace these unexpected freedoms of COVID. Um, and, you know, when I, when I, you know, announced that I would, you know, effectively found my own firm at this, at the stage that I was at, which was seven months pregnant, you know, there were many people out there that, that, that sort of said, well, how are you going to do it? And challenge that, challenge that of my ability as a, as a mother, as a seven month pregnant woman to do so. But, you know, I, I'd like to think that I have, I do lead as an example of someone that has done it. And it's not impossible. It's not easy, but it's not impossible. And with the right support systems around you, um, it, it can work. Um, but it, it obviously, if, if, if that's what you choose to do, it's all, it's all um, you know, subject yeah. to what, what you want to do. Yeah. yeah, and like you said, it is a choice, but it's so great to see women like yourself and hear those stories to know that actually if this is what you choose you do want to pursue these goals and dreams then being a mother shouldn't be a bar to that and hopefully as the workforce gets a lot more flexible that's going to help yeah I mean because the other thing is that I didn't point out was that my I guess the way where I found myself was that my peak career opportunities were coinciding with that second pregnancy and so I had worked so hard for what I'd built that I, I did I did want to like see it through. Um, but you know, it, in the traditional like I had worked previously in groups of um, you know where where traditionally there would be male partners and then there would be female senior practitioners and and that was obviously there were also male senior practitioners. But in the a particular group that I worked in, there were two male partners and then there were about six female senior practitioners and I was the only full-time one at the time because I didn't have children at the time and all the other women did and they were all working part-time and um, there was this culture I guess or there was this mentality that they were there to do the work um, and they were um, maybe they they ought not expect any sort of progression during those years that they were raising children because they were there to more do the work and then the partners were there to deal with the clients, be the front-facing people to deal with the clients, etc. And I just challenged that because I I really did not I did not agree with this notion that as a mother, you need to just count time for a number of years. I mean, no, like you, you are, you are able to, you, sh, you know, that is effectively gender discrimination. Um, and um, I, I don't, I don't accept that at all. And so um, I'm, I want to spread the word and really encourage women out there. And there may be a number of younger women that are not even thinking about children yet, but I want, I want them to hear this because, it, it sort of will play in their mind and they don't need to start, they don't need to, when, when it does come time for them, they're not sort of run down by those sorts of stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, that's so good to hear because it is definitely something, but as a young woman myself, and that's probably where I sit, it is something you do think about and something you talk about with your friends because there is this kind of um, 
you know, I guess you've got to factor that in. Well, you know, this is going to be time out of my career or this is going to be time I've got to think about. But actually, if we start to change that conversation and use it as a strength and it's actually just part of our journey and it's it's something that is actually going to teach us so much and it's it shouldn't be something that should hinder our progression. Absolutely. I, yeah, it comes back to what I said before about once you do become a mother or a father I mean it just means that you're even more you've got sort of this whole other part in your life and it just makes for I mean I've I've seen so many men and women that after having kids they just become even better lawyers because and also time efficiency is outstanding once you become a parent you know you're just so focused you're so on it um you've got you know what time you've got to expend something and whereas when I was a full-time practitioner and so forth like look I'm not going to lie there'd be times where you might procrastinate and you've got a little bit more you know it's all about structure and organization and so and so flexibility as well I've seen firsthand can really promote levels of efficiency beyond beyond belief it's um it's outstanding sure to touch on this a little bit already but what do you think the key is and what would your advice be for more young women to step up into leadership roles in their career okay i i i think my biggest piece of advice would be to just follow your instinct and back yourself because i'm a true believer that if you don't back yourself no one will will (laughs) and so um, I, I, I sort of, I always knew that I was a good lawyer, but I, I didn't necessarily always follow my, you know, my instinct because people that were in positions that were more superior to me, I mean, the legal industry is so hierarchical, um, might say something to the contrary or not want me to take certain action because it maybe it conflicted with what, what what they wanted to do or where they wanted to be within the organisation. And so um, there are a number of years there, and this came with just maturity and experience where I would um, let that that cultural environment around me, I think, just, just bring me down. And um, as I was saying, the number of outstanding female lawyers that I've worked with, I just would not... I could not believe some of them were so talented and then when you would talk to them, they wouldn't perceive themselves to be as near as talented as what they actually were and I put that down to the environment lots of the time, not all of the time, but it was often because of the environment that they were working in and the team of people that they were working with and so, so important as well to be working with highly supportive um positive and that positive energy around you um and look i'm going to be the first to say it in the legal sector that just no it's it's not always the case it's really important we need to change sort of turn like we need to just really raise the level of discussion about this topic about culture within law firms and the and the type of environments that we're working in Um, and so yeah my biggest key would be really to just follow yourself and at your gut instinct and the other thing is is that because I was working for larger firms I I didn't really ever until sort of later in my career I don't think I realized the importance of um of of marketing and um and also just uh, sharing your experiences and telling people, introducing yourself to people in the wider community and um, 
which I love the fact that you do this podcast, by the way, Elise. Like, you know, at, at, at you know, your your age, I, you know, I, I wasn't doing anything like this. And I just think that it's so important. Um, and I, I think that, yes, because I was at these bigger firms, we would, we would, we would be given work and we work would come quite easily. And I just, um, I was sort of taught almost that, well, it's the senior, it's the senior partners that will be doing the marketing and the meeting of people. But in actual fact, a lot of the time our clients were, you know, women or mothers or whatever it be that, that I had common interests with and that that would resonate more if I had a discussion with them than they would with the, you know, um, you know, 60 plus, you know, senior partner at the, you know, top tier law firm. And so that's another key just to, you know, get involved and, and don't feel afraid to communicate with your clients. I mean, I know that number of these firms have protocols in place about what you can and can't some of them, what you can and can't do in terms of communication directly with the um, with the client. But for anyone that you know that can, I would I would challenge that, and I would I would ask the question to you know senior operators. Well, why can't I? Why can't I deal with this client? Why can't I meet this client in person? Um, you know, I I think I would I would get along with them quite well, and that it would be great to establish this working relationship, particularly if you if you know, for example, that you'll be working on an ongoing basis on this particular client's files, for example. Um, and I don't think I did enough of that, um, you know, in my sort of younger years in the law. And um, if I had challenged I'm, I mean I mean I'm also not sure what the replica repercussions would have been <laughs> um so you know I, I completely understand that and then that also feeds into all of this um all of these issues that we're dealing with at the moment regarding sexual harassment in the in the workplace and I think it's a staggering 36 percent in 2019 were reported to have um su- experienced sexual harassment in the law sector and so it's this concept of well, if you if you speak up, what are the repercussions going to be? Um, well, it's a bit like that if you speak up and ask. But I think that the community standards are shifting now, and I think that you know, particularly as young women, and you know, you're hosting the Young Woman Podcast. Um, it's there's it's there's there's so much opportunity there, and I think that it's um, you know it's empowering and it's um, it, it, it's it's looked upon in a positive manner if if you do in fact speak up and and challenge that status quo. I mean, all within all within re, you know reason. That is, <laughs> I don't want anyone to find themselves in trouble in the workplace by you know <laughs> being unreasonable. But yeah, I just think that um, you know that's. I think there's still a lot of work to do, and I hope that by the time you know, my three-year-old is, you know, you know, 18, 19 in the workplace that things are going to be, you know, substantially different to the way they are now. It's all a stepping stone. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, speaking up and following your instinct are the two big ones. Great advice. And I think a lot of that also comes down to confidence. And that's a big point that is often discussed on the podcast as well is, um, women, especially young women, having that confidence to speak up if something's not right 
or to speak up if they think they should be in a room with a client or, you know, actually back themselves as well. And so I guess how did you, obviously taking that step into running now your own firm, um, you know, and if there's any other points in your career, where where have you developed that confidence from and how do you foster that? Yes. No, that's a really good question. I think it took me a number of years, Elise, to grow the confidence. I mean, I was always confident as a person, particularly outside of my work. Um, but I think that the inherent kind of structures of the these big law firms did reduce my confidence levels for a number of years. And that's um, and and I don't. It's not good. It's not healthy. Um, I found that I moved law practices at one point in my career, and it, it look it was a bit same same but different. That was all a very similar um, cultural um, situation. However, in one of my jobs, I and and I guess as as I as I became more senior as a lawyer. I did have more autonomy and independence, which which then meant that my confidence levels grew. Um, but then I think I touched on it earlier. I think it was really COVID that went, hit me in the face because I was running all of these cases on my own, in my own home. Um, I was dealing with all of the clients on my own and it was just, provided me with that opportunity to see firsthand that, you know, I didn't need, I wasn't reliant on that, on that big firm structure and that, you know, something that I might've wanted to say, but questioned, for example, saying it or asking it because you're more someone with a different perspective in a more senior role might not have wanted me to, they weren't actually sitting next to me or sitting in the next office or, you know, coming into my office or I didn't, that wasn't because of COVID. So I, I think I'd say that that was when I really rose to my, you know, to my ultimate level and actually founding my own firm, I can honestly say that I've never felt more empowered in, in, in my, in my career, in my life. I mean, I just, I just feel really good about it and um, I've been enjoying um, practising the law more than ever before. There were years before where I would even go as far as saying that I questioned, well, should I stay in the law? Um, I, I questioned leaving the law because I just didn't have that sense of empowerment and when I look back on it now in hindsight I I think I realized why it was because I wasn't I didn't I didn't I didn't really have the a voice if I could put it if I can put it that way um and now I and now I do and so you know there's great power in that um and you know I don't expect that you know I don't confidence does come with with years of 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 yeah and maturity and so forth and experiences it's all based on certain experiences but I would say that um, you know if you believe if you if you live your life in a manner that that you believe in and sort of that align with your values your general confidence levels will um should rise and also always try and surround yourself 
with people that are your supporters that you and when sometimes when I used to hear women or men say that I used to say oh well how do you know who your supporters are how do you know who the right people are and my answer to that is just in your gut like in that pit of your stomach when you're around someone who do you feel the most natural around because it's often when we feel natural and authentic that we will we will we will do the best work and we will uh, you know speak our truth and so um you know if you I naturally I I would have certain people that I would sort of tense up around and then there would be other people that I would absolutely not tense up around and I would be able to have robust discussion about legal arguments and you know and I felt quite free to try to test things and and they were the people those ones where there was no silly question I was just able to just speak what was going you know speak out loud um look little Leo's fallen asleep police (laughs) Um, (laughs) they were the people that I they were my supporters and if you can have like a, a number of my friends say that they have like a board of a board of directors or you know and they have you would have maybe heard that before you know and they and they will often go to those support people to run things past um before they make certain decisions I believe in that and I think that if you're working in a firm or a company that you are finding that you're feeling a bit constrained and voiceless it can often help to speak to people outside of that um that circle um, and to bounce things off and just talk um, because then you might, for example, be able to tackle it a different way and go back to your organisation and ask for something but in a different way or, you know, put a, put your position, you know, in a different light or you might choose that you might realise that that particular organisation's not really doing you, you know, it's not really where you want you 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 want to be and that and you might choose to go move on to something else or whatever it be but I just think that it's really important to have people and surround yourself with the right people rather than trying to force a relationship that may not be doing you doing you any favors yeah yeah well, thank you so much Danielle for all of your insights today and um a little bit more about your journey and how you've got to where you are it's so inspiring and as a lawyer myself the way that you're changing the game in this industry is incredible there's a lot of people talking about the fact that culture change needs to happen but there's not that many people who are actually reinventing the wheel and and doing it so thank you so much for that and if people would like to follow along on your journey where is the best place for them to find you online um, online, so we're at in, on Instagram at, at Elite Lawyers, E L I T L A W Y E I S. Um, and then we have, I'm on LinkedIn where we have an Elite Lawyers by McGurr and Snell. And then I'm obviously on LinkedIn as Danielle Snell. Thank you so much, Danielle, for joining us today on the Young Woman Podcast. It was so inspiring to hear more of your story and the incredible journey that you have been on to get to where you are today. 
And if you would like to check out some more of the Young Woman podcasts, then make sure you check out our website and also follow us on Instagram. You can find all of our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. We look forward to bringing you more fantastic episodes with inspiring women to leave you feeling confident to go and achieve your big goals and dreams.